Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Sports Grid Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm Davis Maddock. We got some questions about it. People were knowing. They, they were wondering, Reeves, we were not going to leave the people waiting. We were not going to leave them in lurch. We're back. We're picking games, five favorite games against the spread every weekend. Uh, it's been successful. It's been good. You know, maybe maybe this will be the year they get uh, the best of us. My, my worst stretch was the year the Chiefs went like, I think, uh, 37 <laughs> straight games without covering a spread at, uh, at one point. But we're here. We're picking games. And uh, it's week one, man. Yeah, it's fun to have some of these games and bets. You know, it was a good start last night. Uh, you know, I hated to be like the Debbie Downer. I was on the under, though. Uh, you know, I definitely thought that game was going to be lower scoring than it was. And I didn't expect the Rams to look the way they did. But holy moly, did that team look like it looked like a preseason game for them, right? Like it basically was like one of their preseason games when it counted. That was that was so that was where I ended up because I was on I was on the Rams, you know, and it just not even because I think the Rams are good, but because like the Bills are like what three to one at FanDuel to win the Super Bowl or whatever. And I'm just like, that's a little bit, you know, I'll do respect. That's a little bit too much respect, but from a Chiefs fan. Yeah, well, you know, what what can you do? What can you do? But the 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 thing is, is like the Rams always do this they always kind of treat week one and week two like the preseason anyway I mean I because I, I went back and looked for the acre stuff I just was like kind of curious and I because I remember the Malcolm Brown playing on third downs and in the goal yep, line yep. when Gurley was still there and it, it this is actually like if you go back and look the Rams have had some horrible week ones and like weird timeshare things with guys in week ones while McVay has been the coach but it's the offensive line for them. It's like if the offensive line is going to be this shit, they're they're not going to win any games. You know, yeah. They're, and they're, Stafford's going to. I mean, well, and honestly, every one of their star players outside of Cooper Cup was trash because Ramsey was trash. Uh, you know, they got no pass rush. Leonard Floyd had no pressures. Donald was basically invisible the entire game. Uh, and Stafford, and if Stafford's going to play like that, you got no shot. Like it's. I mean, Stafford looked like a dude that was getting his elbow elbow rubbed for the last six months. I mean, he was making terrible decisions. McVay kind of threw him under the bus after the game, too. Uh, you know, kind of admit it was like, you know, listen, a lot of the stuff that – a lot of the reads that were made just weren't the correct reads and stuff like that. I mean, there were multiple times, and I'm not saying anyone should just jump in and buy a low, but there were multiple times Donald Robinson was wide the fuck open. Like, but that's <laughs> that's the thesis. That's the thesis by why he's not a good play, though. It's that's true. The th- that's the thesis by why you wouldn't want to buy him is like if Allen Robinson is kind of old anyways and only going to win at these routes that Stafford doesn't want to throw, then like what's the point? It's like you could be wide open, and if Stafford's not looking at you, what what's the use? Like if Because Stafford just wants to 
get the ball to cup because cup is literally always open like cup like cup is like 50 50 to have a defender in the frame when he catches a pass it's i don't know how he does it's it. a linebacker usually if it is like yeah he, he's some such dude a does no business i mean that scheme is just set up so so well to harness you know getting cooper cup in space and no you're right you know even going back last year and you know it's a small sample because old stafford's only been there one year but Really, the secondary guy was never targeted. I mean, people did, like Robert Woods wasn't good before he got hurt on a weekly basis. And he was and, the wide receiver 12. Yeah, I mean, but he had like two spike weeks. He had like well, that one monster game against the Seahawks, or I think he had like 12 catches or something in the Sunday night game. Um, but he had like a, he only hit 70 yards like three times. And then Odell was a good player for the Rams on the strength of touchdowns, but he never got a lot of targets. So yeah, it could just be one of these things where like, it's just still going to be the same as always. Like they're just going to just spam Cooper cup as much as possible. And the secondary guy is just never going to be consistent uh, because Van's going to come back and play too at some point. Yes, that is, that is true. All right, let's do it. Number five, your, your first pick of the 2022 NFL season. Who do you got? Uh, and so if week one, always a little tricky, you know, typically you do see some upsets. These, last year was like these, huge... these lines. I don't feel super, super confident in any of them. Last year was a big underdog week one. And I've seen on my board here, I've got quite a bit of favorites, uh, yes, which, same, which, same. which doesn't make me feel good, but I also want to treat week one too. Also as like a little bit of conviction on some teams that I don't believe are going to be as good or teams I believe are going to be better than like maybe the market or the public feels like. Um, I'll start here. I do think the under in this game is way better of a bet, but I'm going to start with the Bengals um, because the Steelers are a team. Like I feel like I definitely want a short this season. Uh, they are a team that with Ben Roethlisberger, obviously being their quarterback and they're moving to Mitchell Trubisky. So a significantly lower floor, like Ben still kept them like kind of like, like Ben wasn't a good quarterback. Six point eight YPA or whatever, but that's a lot better than five point nine YPA. And turning the ball over and stuff like Trubisky's going to do, like take sacks, turn the ball over. Like the the offense, that pop gun offense was trash with Ben Roethlisberger. But like, there's a floor here, legit with with this offensive line and Mitchell Trubisky. Uh, and then you look at last year in two games against the Bengals, the Steelers scored two touchdowns on twenty three possessions. I mean, this, this is just a, 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 and when you talk about the Bengals getting better on the offensive line, this is the Steelers defense. That was one of the worst objectively against the run. They look like they got worse on paper. You know, Joe Hayden still isn't playing. They got Levi Wallace to replace him. St- Stephon Tewitt retired. They had Miles Jack. Like nothing is exciting about what the, the Steelers are doing. Deontay Johnson looked like he might try to play with like this AC joint injury. Uh, it's just the two teams that I consider are very far apart and, uh, like I said, I think the under is a little bit better here. That's why I have it at five. But as long as it's under a touchdown, I'm still okay with it. So this one didn't make my my board simply because I just the the Bengals are a team, and Zach Taylor is a guy that's like hard mm-hmm. for me to get a read on because the stuff that Crane and Gretch were telling me, like they were they were feeding me this stuff about how actually the Bengals were not as annoying with the early down rushes and stuff as you think. Like after it was like after week five they were above pass rate over expected. They were like seventh in the NFL pass rate over expectation. And part of the reason why the Bengals were playing so slow and so conservatively is Burroughs coming off this knee injury. And they're like trying to make sure he doesn't get killed and all that stuff. But then also it's like Zach Taylor's like, we got to run the ball. We got to stay balanced. And then also just like the Tomlin devil magic shit is like part of it too. You know, where it's like this guy, this guy drags these awful teams to the playoffs every single year. 
but and and Deontay being out is like not great because their third wide receiver in that case would be I I I got it'd be Gunner, right? I guess it would be. I guess it, I mean because it you know the James Washington's gone, Ray Ray McLeod is gone. Like it's just it's totally nothing there. But I don't. I mean, certainly the Steelers plus six or plus six and a half is not on my list. Like if I was going to take a side here, it would be the Bengals. Um, I also have a a shitty team, a team I don't like very much as a favorite for my number five, which is the New Orleans Saints minus five and a half points on the road against Atlanta. Actually, would not surprise me. In the end, if this ends up looking really bad and the Falcons start the year kind of good while Mariota is healthy and while Pitts is healthy, like, you know, no, the, the, the problem with the Falcons is they have no depth and the offensive line is terrible. So that's a bad combination, right? When your skill position players are just getting destroyed. But I would expect their offense to look decent, but I, I think the Saints actually might be good. The defense is really good. They are going to have Michael Thomas. Like the, the guys who were playing wide receiver for the Saints last year are some of the most anonymous, mm-hmm. useless players. And now they have Michael Thomas, Jarvis Landry, Alave, and Jameis. I mean, Jameis was what? He was third in the NFL and EPA per play last season before he got hurt. The thing I'm wondering, and I actually haven't even ran this take by you. What if there's like a middle ground between game manager Jameis, which is who we saw last year, who is not fun and Tampa Bay Jameis like is there is there a version of Jameis that can play like Kirk Cousins because if if they can get that out of him they're I think are a really good team and that I mean one I just think the Saints are structurally so much better than the Falcons and Doug Smith is uh or uh, not Arthur Smith is is just a most anonymous name ever but he's useless he's a horrible coach and and I, I like the Saints here yeah I'm really curious this one didn't make mine but I am high in the Saints for a lot of the reasons you talked about, I mean, this is still, and this is a team that had so many injuries last year on their offensive line too. And that's already kind of been a uh, start of already with Trevor Penning being out, but yeah, I mean, this is a team that I think is very interesting because most teams that have like a new head coach, it's like new systems, everything gets uprooted, but the saints just kept everything. Like there's a lot of, continuity everything's here. the same, you know, with Dennis Allen being head coach, Pete Carmichael just stays the same. Pete Mar- Carmichael's been there since I was, he's, was there. he's been there since like 98 or something crazy. So I'm curious if like that, cause we don't have a lot of situations like this typically like that happens where they just like move everybody up and nothing really changes. And you talked about Jameis, they were five and two, like when, they, when Jameis was the quarterback. Kind of and, a fake five and two though. Yeah. I mean, they were getting by on, but because that's how they have a good team though. That's like, cause they, have a, right. they still have like a good team. And that was with his leading target was Alvin Kamara. Uh, and then the next two highest targets were Marcus Calloway and Deontay Harris, now Hardy. And now you've got Michael Thomas, you've got Chris Olave, you got Jarvis Landry, still to go with Alvin Kamara. And the offensive line is just a, a little healthier right now than where we last left off. So, I mean, it's a lot stronger. The defense still is a mismatch, especially, like you said, Arthur Smith. I mean, last year the Falcons ran the ball on 55% of their first down play calls. That was fourth in the league. They were 28th in yards per carry on those, on those play calls. Uh, this is a team that can't rush the passer. They're terrible. Uh, they've got no pass rushers. They've got like three good defensive players uh, and two of them are cornerbacks and they probably won't matter like in this game. Right. Uh, right. So, I mean, yeah, I, I have no problems with this one. It didn't make it uh, just because like the, I don't know really how to treat the saints, but I definitely am. That, wrong that's on the, saints. the thing is like, I just think the saints are good, but I, I don't think the Falcons are that bad yet. I think they are going to be horrible and I think they're going to be coached terribly. Mm-hmm. 
but it's just like I they are like a Drake London rolled ankle away from running out, you know, Olamide Zacchaeus again. So it's like they're so close to having no offensive talent. I don't know, uh, without getting too far ahead of ourselves, list did the Dolphins make your cut at all or no? Uh, I'm on the, I'm on the other one. I'm on, I'm on, I'm, I'm, I'm reverse narrative. I'm actually on the Patriots. See, yeah. So they didn't make my cut either just because like, you know, objectively, like it looks so good on paper, but it's still taking like a head coach in his very first game, like against Bill Belichick. And I still That's, can't that, that to is, do it. So my, my next one, my next one is the Dolphins and it's, or my next one is the Patriots literally just because of that. It's, it's like head coach in his first game. They're still like, I, I'm sure that the Tua Tyreek thing is not going to be sorted out in week one. Like, I think they're going to have to get some live game action there to get that functioning how they want it to. And it really is, but it's just as simple as Bill Belichick against the head coaches. Same, I would do the same thing, Bill Belichick, any rookie quarterback, their first game, like I'm taking Belichick and that's just all there is to it. Yeah. I mean, one, now that I moved past three and it's, you know, it's typically three and a half now everywhere. I think that makes it a little tough. Uh, Cause there, there's just like over overwhelming like stuff. When you look at this from a top down view, that like the Dolphins should win this game, but then there's just like that element, right? Like is, is Belichick going to lose like a, a first time head coach? I uh, mean, everything about the Patriots this off, they had one of the weirdest off seasons. Like I think a team has like really had, and it's just like, we're like, I don't want, Belichick's like or he feels like he's going to be going out in like a really sour notice over his career and I don't know when he's going to actually retire yeah. like this like post Brady run and like they, they were good last year but like this whole offseason of just like basically giving his friends jobs like we're in the year 2020-22 and like we don't have a qualified guy to come be an offensive coordinator on this team and we're going to give like my or my good friends Joe Judge and Matt Patricia Helms to run an NFL offense when Josh McDaniels is leaving like what the hell is going on there? They make the weird Shaq Mason trade where they just kind of give them away for like nothing. They kind of let a lot of their key defenders go to in free agency. And they, they drafted like a bunch of small, like cornerbacks. And like, it's one of the weirder off seasons. I think a team has ever had. And this team, I mean, just no, no offensive coordinator, bad offensive line. And you lose your one fast wide receiver before the season starts is not good. And they're spending the most money on wide, wide receiver plus tight ends at any team in the NFL. And we and can still look shitty. at it and say, like, are these guys good? <laughs> like, they were, like, fine guys to take in the last round of best ball just because they're going to play. Like, I have a bunch of Kendrick Bourne and Nelson Aguilar just because they're going to play. But, like, not not guys I would be uh, starting with confidence in in any managed league for sure. So, the Patriots were my four. That is a uh, – we're rating – that would be, like, a two-star play. Like, I just – it's it's really just down <laughs> – to Belichick so not massively confident I'm more confident about uh my my one through three but what do you have for your four my four is another conviction play and it's the Eagles uh especially this the, is my two the Eagles okay. are my two yeah I mean I just think when you look at this roster I'm very long on the Eagles they're really like a Jalen Hurts like playing up a rung that's the only thing that can hold them back is if he's if he's awful I mean, this roster is so deep on defense, on offense. It is just absolutely loaded. And although I like the direction the Lions are going, like this is still just the Lions like making steps forward. Like this team has no business when you look at this roster versus the Eagles roster being in a competitive game with them. Uh, we kind of saw that last year. We literally played. saw this last year, and it, it was, was one of the biggest blowouts of the season. It's, it was 44 to 6. And to me, it's just the, the Eagles can do whatever they want here. I do believe the Eagles are incentivized to push Jalen Hurts early in the season. That's kind of been one of my takes. 
we, we did it on the draft we did. Uh, you know, I, was, I laid out like, hey, this roster is built to where they have to push him. And I think this opening schedule where that's a little lighter, they're going to really kind of be a team that's a, like more aggressive, uh, a lot more aggressive than where we left off and see what he has. Um, and even if he falters and doesn't really play well, they can just run the ball all over the Lions this game if they want uh, with that offensive line. And the Lions are missing probably two often starting offensive linemen themselves in this game. Not very ideal against this really deep defensive rotation that the Eagles can kind of throw at their offensive line. Uh, yeah, as a conviction play, I like the Lions, uh, the direction they're moving in, but this is still like, I believe the Eagles are just severely better than the Lions right now. 100%, 100% agree. I mean, they they have the better roster. They have the better skill position players and they even have the better quarterback too. Right. Is like, that's the thing is like Hertz is going to be a negative, like Hertz against Dak. You're taking Dak, you know, Hertz like, well, I guess they play in this horrible division, but Hertz is like, in terms of like what he would be worth to a line, what, you know, like the 14th or 15th quarterback or whatever, but like Goff is like the 23rd quarterback. So there, there definitely is a difference there. Uh, jury remains out on Sirianni in terms of like sharpness or whatever. I mean, I think he's fine, but to be fair, he did make the adjustments necessary last year. He did. He totally did. He totally <laughs> did. And I think, I think they'll, if they, if they have to do that this year, if they go with this pass heavy approach and it's not working, you know, they give, they're going to give Jalen a lot of rope. And if it doesn't work, you know, it, it doesn't work. And I have, I have confidence that they'll adjust that. But also the other thing I love this about, teams that are good at running the ball which is like when you get when you get the touchdown lead it's a lot harder to give it up you know and they're they're, they're just going to run the air out of the ball against the lions i think you know so that uh that is a big part of it so that was my two so and we just did my four what is your three my three is the chiefs that's my uh, one obviously yeah, i figured as much i mean they've won seven straight season openers obviously you know, the andy Reid narrative i also think when the chiefs I feel like the Chiefs are a little underrated. It feels weird to say that. For I, the th- not they are. <laughs> they, they are underrated. People. You know, are everyone's at- picked the Bills, and the Bills come out and they look awesome again uh, uh, in the season opener for good reason. I mean, the, the, that's fine. But like, I love kind of this like inkling I get that where like the Chiefs are gonna be like really versatile this year. They're gonna be able to do a lot of things that maybe they just didn't do in years past. Obviously, they got sick of the too high safety stuff and hey man too high safety stuff was back in the season opener. did you see that shit last night like yep. we had like three balls thrown downfield in that game uh we got to ban it like the mlb's banning the shift we've got to find a way to get this thing get this thing out of the nfl but the, we saw the chiefs a little bit in the preseason play they played a lot heavier than like they ever have with patrick mahomes i mean you saw them really reduce their use of 11 personnel and that's small sample stuff but i think that's going to be kind of sticky when we get into the season too they've got a great offensive line they have some bodies that can throw at running back they still got travis kelsey they got they got the battering ram ronald jones yeah yeah and then when you look at just this cardinals situation right now it's so bad coming into week one this is a complete game that's that's why they're my one not because yeah. i mean one obviously i believe in the chiefs and i think the market is undervaluing them but the cardinals are are just setting up to have what happened to the rams on thursday night which is is just all going to go against them i think they're they are not set up for success early to start the and year. the rams had to happen where still you could say all right mcveigh could still coach some stuff up this is a game this is cliff look at it where you like Cliff has to win this game for the Cardinals. And like, when is he given us like any reason to like back him in like a situation like this? Uh, 
did they lose in the offseason? Obviously, they lose Chandler Jones and Jordan Hicks. They were both two of the top five guys they had in pressures. JJ Watt did not practice again. We're recording this Friday morning. He did not practice again. So very doubtful. That looks like he's gonna play. Trayvon Mullen didn't practice. And like that's how bad it even is that they were counting on a guy like Trayvon Mullen. Uh so they're they're just depleted. Antonio Hamilton was already out. You know, that was the kid that got burned himself in the cooking accident. He was gonna be a starting cornerback. Uh, this, they're just so gutted on the defensive side of the ball. And then on the offside, off, offensive side of the ball, you already know we don't have Hopkins because he's suspended. Now Rondell Moore has a hurt hamstring. Jack Hurts looks like he's going to play with the calf injury. Uh, the offensive line isn't good. Um, it's just a lot of moving parts where you have to look at it from a top-down view and say, Cliff has to coach this thing up. And against Andy Reid, like, I'm not going to – I'm definitely not believing this is a spot where Cliff's going to, like, ma- magically pull together – uh, there's just a lot here not to like on the Cardinal side this game. It could just be like an absolute buzzsaw. Yeah, it's that, and that's really odd. And so one terrible spot for the Cardinals for them to be in where they have to rely on Cliff to engineer them a huge win here. Two, good spot for the Chiefs. They are coming in healthy. They, oh, I mean, also, I, I think this is another thing is like the Chiefs, you know, you know that thing where it's like the Chiefs, it was the 2020 season. It was kind of like, they had to they had to bleed their own blood before they would try, you know, because they were they kind of had the championship hangover and you know they don't cover against the Falcons and they're trailing in the second half and some of these games. I I I feel like that will not be the case this year because in this division, there's like totally no room to take your foot off the gas at all. Like 10 wins in the AFC West like might not cut it. You like 10 wins might might not even get the second wild card with like tie breaks and stuff. The AFC is so dense and. Well, the division winner probably isn't coming out of the West just by default. Like. Yeah, right. Right. Yeah. Just, just because of, just because of how they are. The just number because one of how seed, it's going to work. Yeah. yeah the, the number, number one, one seed. seed. Yeah. Because there will be, there will be too much attrition. I mean, like even the, the Raiders are like the best fourth place team in the league. So these, these, and these, uh, you know, these non-divisional games are going to be super, or these non-conference games are going to be super important as well, but it's just a good spot for them. Read really good in season. Oh, it just, you know, they're healthy. It, it's about as good of a spot as you're going to find. Uh, now, obviously laying the six on the road, it's like, you know, it's not, it's not the best feeling in the world or whatever, but yeah, that that's my one. That's your one. So well, you, well, you've only got one more left then, right? Yes, I have the Ravens minus it. So I don't know what happened, but it just moved. Uh, but it was it was at uh, it was at seven. Now it's six and a half. But I, I don't care. The Jets are starting Joe Flacco, who is a fucking horrible NFL quarterback. They lose their left tackle in the preseason. Then the guy they signed to replace him just got hurt in practice yesterday morning. And uh, it's the Jets. Like this is these are the matchups that you can count on Harbaugh and the Ravens coming through. Like the 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 spots where you don't feel as good about the Ravens are against the Chiefs, against the Chargers, against you know these teams that can put up thirty five on them. But when it's a team that's going to struggle to score points and struggle to stop them from running, like the only limit to how many points they can score is like how many points they want to score because these and and Harbaugh is going to obviously be so well prepared. Like this just, I don't know. It feels like this should be more. It feels like it could move through a key number the other way. You, the market seems to disagree with me. So it's, it's very possible I'm missing something, but this is like a great spot for them. Harbaugh, another one of those guys, they've really come out and been awesome in week ones. Uh, they've been excellent. And they boat raced a, a number of teams over that stretch. 
Uh, they just, you know, with the Ravens, it's just interesting. I, I didn't get quite get there in this one just because of the, the amount of moving parts like the Ravens still have. Uh, you know, we don't know if Ronnie Stanley's going to play, you know, the, who knows what running backs they're even going to play this game. And then who knows what we're going to get out of their receiving core, right? Like right now, it's just kind of like all the moving parts. We don't know if Marcus Peters is going to play. So it's just kind of was like one of those things like, I'll just leave it alone. But I would absolutely pick the Ravens to, to win this game and probably dust them uh the dust the jets you know it's interesting is the this jet situation like flacco might be better than zach wilson well i think he so so this is uh, the the distinction i would make is i think he's probably slightly better for like michael carter and garrett wilson and elijah moore just because he's probably going to complete more passes he's not gonna i mean we we literally saw this right elijah moore in the games with non uh non zach wilson quarterbacks right josh johnson mike white joe flacco we averaged like what 21 and a half PPR points per game and Ty Johnson and Michael Carter were like catching like eight passes a game and all this stuff. So I think that's true, but I don't think that's true for like winning games. Oh and no. Like, yeah. No, no. Like I, I think Flacco's got these horrible turnovers and he's going to eat sacks and he's just bad. No. And the Jets defense has a litany of question marks. Uh, yeah. You know, to figure out here. Um, yeah, I'm curious because like Bateman's one of these guys that's been kind of like out of sight, out of mind because he didn't play in the preseason. But I'm yeah. curious because like he's super cheap in DFS and like a lot of people want to play Lamar this week anyways because it's right. a great spot. And But I know a lot of people are going to stack him with Andrews and like Bateman's price looks really good. And obviously you have the inherent run back with Elijah Moore if you want it at similar pricing. But uh, yeah, I would pick them, pick them too. Uh, my two, I have two left. Yeah, my two yes. is probably the one that will, will probably get the, no, my one will definitely get the most pushback from you. But uh, I got the Broncos and it's just, I mean, I don't think people realize how bad the Seattle roster is and that Russell Wilson even had them playing competitive football to the degree that they they had the last year. Like this roster is awful. They're one of the youngest teams in the NFL too. Like they're going to be starting two rookie cornerbacks. Uh, they're going to be starting two rookie left tackles. Obviously they're starting Geno Smith and not having Russell Wilson. Um, this Denver team has just got so much more talent than them. And, and there's no way Russ isn't this type of dude, but there's no way Russ is like, doesn't want to go back and just like annihilate these dudes. Like there's just no way. Uh, is it going to be Cortland Sutton on Tyreek Woolen? Like a lot of that, this game. Uh, that's, that's um, a great point. If we're, if we're betting narratives in week one, like Russ wants to score 40 here for sure. The whole thing has been like, they didn't let me play the type of offense that I wanted them to run. I'm real curious to see what the marriage is between him and Nathaniel Hackett. But like, there's just, from a talent disparity stance, like the Broncos are just a lot better than the Seahawks. The Seahawks, I literally think could compete to finish with the fewest wins in the NFL with the Falcons, you know, over the course of the season. I would feel a lot better if Drew Locke was playing because he's so much worse than than Geno, but this is just, again, it's just, it's just a gap of like where I have these two teams coming into the season. And I want to have conviction on that when it's under a touchdown. Yes, that is like, so that is a great point. Just like macro view, the Seahawks, I think could maybe Which go could be terrible. It could be, <laughs> it, I mean, right. It's like, it's like, you know, we're, we're betting into these sides and totals that have uh, millions and millions of dollars bet into them. Like a, there's mm-hmm. lots of information in these lines, like week one NFL lines are not, super beatable but like you know we got to get we got to get our sweat and so i i I should this one should have made my list this was so this one should have been some here on here because i do definitely like the broncos side and another team that when they get the lead we expect them to be able to run the ball well we know they're going to want to score points and i just think seattle's so bad i mean seattle is going to have the worst time trying to score points 
yeah i mean this is this roster this seattle roster is is absolutely atrocious man it's and, and we've got a 70 year old 70 year old head coach in like in charge of a full rebuild like what is happening up there I mean, this is what they wanted, right? Is is basically Pete, Pete Carroll and John Schneider won the organizational war versus Russell Wilson so they could play football their way, right? That that was the whole thing. And this is what they got. They got Geno Smith and Rashad Penny leading the way. Yeah. <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> That's your prize. Like good, good job, guys. We're really, we're really proud of you. Yeah. It's you not know, good. Pete seems like a, a a genuinely fine dude. And I like I enjoy when he's on stuff with like Pat Kerwin and those guys, but like you, you have a seven-year-old head coach now in charge of a full rebuild. Like, what's the what are we doing? And it's like, you know, the NFL has become even more of a have and have not situation because the have not teams are just like truly drawing dead because the teams that play the game optimally are just beating you at every little edge. Like the, like the Seahawks, like the Seahawks had Russell Wilson last year and playing suboptimally, even with Russell Wilson had them drawing dead in a lot of spots because of how different the game is now. So if you like same thing for like the commanders, like some of these teams are just dead playing the way that they play. Yeah, it's, yeah, and you know, I said like, I want to just have a little bit of conviction. I'm high on the Broncos, and their schedule is really easy to start the year too. So, uh, you know, I would have loved to see them play a little bit in the preseason, but because you know that's the thing that we always have to worry about too. These start of the year guys that we saw a little bit with the Rams, like none of those guys played, and they came out and looked terrible. Yeah, that's, uh, like, the one, that's like the one thing where, where Gino's basically been playing full preseason games, full preseason, yeah. <laughs> Because they they had an open they had an open quarterback competition they had to uh and lock had COVID the one game so they just played Gino the whole game yeah you got uh you got any big futures bets the only the only future I did get him a Mahomes at ten to one for MVP that's like you know whatever I'm just gonna bet that every year but I did think the Ravens at twenty to one seemed crazy because they're really good like they're they're and Harbaugh's a great coach. People, I guess, just don't believe in Lamar. And, you know, I mean, to be fair, like Lamar hasn't proved that he can go out and be down 10 points on the road in a playoff game and come back. Like, in fact, that's a spot where he's been, has done some of his worst playing, but I just feel, it feels like that is awful short, you know, like, like I would, this is, and no one agrees. I mean, they were in, they were in first place last year before he got hurt with all the orbiting insanity, right? All these like offensive line the defense all of that going on and they were still in first place in the north yes yeah which is like which they should be right because they're very well coached they they totally mm-hmm. do the next man up coaching is so important that's really what that's one of been my big things that i've kind of realized the last three years or so is coaching like the talent disparity on these teams is not really that great a lot of the time i think we're going to see that with the jaguars this year you know, yes. uh, like, like the Jaguars, I think are going to show like they had a lot of professional players who were just really poorly coached and written and, you know, they were just not set up for success. Like Jaguars could win like seven games or something this year, which would be a huge year over year win. Yeah. I don't think that'd be surprising, uh, you know, at all, especially with the job Urban did. Um, yeah. It's all quarter quarterback plays and coaches, man, especially from a betting stance too. You always love to have those sides. Like, you know, that are no, we're going to put yourself in optimal positions too. Like we talked a lot about Brandon Staley last year, why we like betting with the, them because he was actively trying to win the games for, you know, it was like, 
we, we like our coaches to actively try to win games for us. And that's why we always talked about too. We don't like the bet on McVay and we don't like the bet on Kyle Shanahan as good as coaches as they are though. But like they're, they do things like in a manner where they're like, they let they're, they're tough to lay points with. They are. What about, uh, what about DFS this weekend? Are you, are you chasing the, uh, the min price wide receiver? Are you playing Wandale or Isabella or any of these guys? Probably not that far just because there's so many cheap guys. And obviously that we always get this every week one, right? Like, you know, the pricing's been out for six weeks. We have like any major injuries to shake things up, but there's just a lot of value. And, you know, a lot of people have always cried conspiracy, like that the, they want like people like DraftKings come in so everyone can make whatever lineups they want and come in and start playing early in right. the season, which maybe, maybe there's some truth in it, maybe not. But uh, the pricing is so light, man. Like, I mean, what do you need? What do you need Andy Isabel for? Like, what are you, what are you trying to do? Like, <laughs> that would be, that would be the McCaffrey other stud running it's, back and, and it's gonna Justin be Greg Dorch yeah it could be it could be Dorch it could be Dorch. because Dorch is the slot guy and like so you lost the slot receiver I would assume Dorch is gonna just like Dorch Dorch is just snaps. wake Dorch is just wake forest Isabella anyway they're all the same guy yeah they're all the spider the spider-man meme it I mean, I'll say and Isabella played well in the preseason he showed some signs he was life. great in the preseason yeah <laughs> Dorch Dorch was okay too I mean yeah and, yeah yeah but yeah, I mean, we, we, we've got, we've got guys all over the board. I mean, this is a problem where this is a week one problem where there's too many guys to play, right? Like how do you get, we get our player pulled down. I don't need to add more guys to it. Yeah. What about, uh, what do you got to read on chiefs wide receivers? I mean, this is, I would imagine there's going to be a big shakeup in their prices. Like whoever does really well, these first two weeks could be Juju could be MBS, you know, whoever, but like, I don't think, I don't think Mahomes, I don't think every week we're going to be able to pair Mahomes with uh, $5,000 wide receivers would be my guess. No, I think this week, especially, I think, well, it's too, too pronged. Uh, you know, I think just Juju is underpriced regardless, uh, yeah. especially on DraftKings. He's 5,200, uh, absolutely insane price. And he's wide receiver 38 on the main slate in pricing, uh, which I feel like is insane, especially because I already laid out like the Cardinals, they're coming in missing two cornerbacks. They also, the one corner quarterbacks they have, Marco Wilson, was just god-awful last year. They got absolutely crushed by dudes out of the slot last year. They were uh, 29th in yardage allowed per game from the slot. They allowed the league high. They allowed uh, 18 receiving touchdowns in the slot. And as bad as Juju's been over this, like, run uh, the last couple of years of Ben and the Steelers' offense and his knee injury, like, the one thing he kept kind of still doing was scoring touchdowns. So I feel like he still at least has, like, the touchdown, like, buoy, too. Uh, the matchup does, I think, set up for like MVS to potentially hit one or two, but th- with MVS, you always have to count on getting those. Cause if you don't get them, what do we have really? Uh, I, I like Juju the most for sure. Yeah. I, I mean, and also Kelsey could also have like 11 billion targets. I, I, it's not going to happen, but I just am hoping beyond hope that Ertz takes the week off so that we can play a rookie tight end in his first game, uh, I'm not in, doing in DFS. That. Well, I guess Max, Max Williams is still on the roster or whatever. I um, mean, Trey McBride, I still have a lot of questions about him trans, transferring over to the NFL. And I think we saw that in the preseason. He had he ran 36 routes and only drew two targets. Uh, not ideal. Scenes. There's a lot of really cheap tight ends, too. I mean, this is, like I said, this is just a problem. Like, I don't need to add players to the pool that I need to be skeptical on, right? Like, Andy Isabel is a flyer. Trey McBride's a flyer. I've got actual players I know are going to play and are productive players that are dirt cheap. Like, it's like who do I need to take leaps of faith on? Dot, Dotson's thirty four hundred. 
you know it's there's so many cheap guys man like it's it's just yeah I'm i mean i was be. i was gonna play rondell i'll tell you i was i was i was like a lock to play 4100 rondell yeah for 4k rondell i think he made sense in stacks uh you know especially in the chiefs matchup i mean it does give a little bit of elevation to hollywood but he's already kind of expensive um i mean dude like aj green's gonna be a thing this week oh, uh yeah he is you hate to see it but it is i we were i was i did a show at bloom and we said like this week's going to be like, it might be like the best spot for these old guys. You got AJ Green. Oh, totally. Randall yeah, you Cobb. Want, you want to play early guys early in the season. Yeah. yeah. Randall Cobb has like a great layout. And then Julio has a pretty good runway too. And it's just like all these old guys. Uh, week one, man. But yeah, it's it's going to be a fun week. I'm trying to narrow it down. I will say the one thing about DFS this week though, is it definitely looks like a payup still for these good quarterbacks. And until- Oh, like, totally last year was kind of like a big inflection point where it was like really hard to pay down at quarterback because these guys just were just occupying guys were getting like the, 30 every week like 18 was not cutting it yeah you've got Mahomes in a great spot we've got Herbert in like a potential shootout we got Jalen Hurts we already talked about uh like you know there's just it's just so much firepower at the top and it's just hard I would say like what we got maybe Derek Carr maybe Kirk Cousins but like those guys just don't have the ceilings man yeah no, like I, a car I could maybe see in tournaments mm-hmm. because he gives you the bonus. Well, if he well, and also like if they're down the whole game and they just totally abandon the run, he could throw like 55 times or something against this team. And and obviously Adams and Wall and Waller, Waller at 5,400 just feels like a steal. I mean, I don't, I don't get that. He's $600 more than TJ Hawkinson, who we all hate, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Hawkinson has a decent matchup uh, this week but I definitely playing him goddard's really cheap if you wanted to go because a lot of people probably stack hurts with it. arthur Juan. uh yeah i mean there's just it's all over the board you can pick a position and just the pricing's been out for six weeks i'll tell you what thank god the broncos are on monday night and not on the main slate because i don't know if anyone saw like their pricing on both sites compared to the field like albert wavenham is like priced in the tight end 20s russ is uh russ on FanDuel, i think is like the tight or the qb12 in pricing uh Cortland sutton's like in the wide receiver 30s uh like it's just insane like the, all these broncos dudes and the broncos defense against the seahawks is like the defense of seven or eight in pricing and it's like thank god they're not in the main slate because the broncos would have just been like screaming value plays for sure yeah that that would have been i actually kind of wish it was in the main slate because ownership would have gotten even more diversified. I was thinking about doing some more Sunday, Monday stuff Sunday, because Monday. of that and seeing if those dudes would go under, maybe under. <laughs> yeah. That, uh, which is kind of always how it works. People just get excited to play their the guy. I mean, super cheap. Like all these guys are super cheap. If you look at Sunday, Monday stuff, like all the Broncos are just like really, really cheap. Yeah. Uh, all right, man, tell the people what they can look out for on, uh, on sharp football. How can they find all of the good Reeves content, the worksheet, all that good stuff. Yeah, worksheet is out. We do two free ones a, a week. Obviously, we did the season opener, and then we have Vikings Packers unlocked right now. If you want to go read kind of all my thoughts on like that game, uh, you know, we're in the thick of it though. You know, so we got that. I do my DFS versus you know kind of rankings article, like where I look at like kind of like the pricing and like the industry rankings, my own rankings, and try to find some gaps. Uh, all that stuff's there. You know, oh, we've got a really great piece too. I didn't bring this up on the podcast we've we've got this dude joe gibbs uh that we brought on the site he does referee analysis for each game uh which is really kind of cool and unique uh so if you're part of things and you have a subscription you can definitely check that out 
where he's breaking down all the that is trends of all the referees, uh, which I found really interesting reading through his article this week, which was really cool. So if you want to go over there, sharp football, check anything out. If you like the cut of my jib, uh, rich 25, uh, you can use this as a promo to do 25% off. There we uh, go. This week. Rich 25, everyone head on over to sharp football. Warren sharp also, uh, going to be on sports grid yes. this year. I'll probably, I'll probably end up doing a show with Warren at some point. Uh, everyone thanks for listening. And, uh, we will all be back next week. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.